How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So we wanted to kind of calm the masses, as Ryan just said to me before this episode started. A lot of people in the comments wondering, should the Yankees be making more moves? Should they be spending more money? Should they be acquiring more players? And I think that we can both agree that we're happy if the Yankees land talent that has that level of upside, has that level of long-term potential. Um, but I want to kind of bury some of the narratives going on right now, especially that I've seen people look really antsy, really feeling as though the Yankees didn't do enough. I think there's a difference between doing enough and taking gargantuan risks that will plague us down the road. Like, if you want another Giancarlo Stanton contract, if you want another bad deal that we have to stare at and talk about and how the Yankees can't spend because of it, then go ahead and spend 200 plus million on Blake Snell because that's what's going to happen most likely with his contract. When you invest in players over 30 years old coming off their best seasons, you are instantly, like the second you drive that contract off the lot, it's losing value because the likelihood of running back an elite season like that is super unrealistic. And I think the regression to the mean is what we should be expecting from a lot of these different players the Yankees are interested in or have had interest in. So we kind of want to quiet those claims and also suggest what the alternative is. Like it suggests a couple of ideas into why what they're doing right now being cautious is a smart move and what they can do in the future to still reinforce this team because we still think we need more pieces, but be smart about it. So we want to give you guys some thoughts, ideas on how we can do that. But Ryan, before we dive into the good stuff, how do you do tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. And, you know, kind of second your point talking about where the Yankees are at right now. You know, people are acting as if the Yankees are a terrible team. Like, they're they're built horribly. Like, we haven't done anything. If Juan Soto was traded for in January, right, instead of in December, would we not, we'd feel a little bit better because it's more recent, it happened towards the end of the offseason, maybe would have felt bad towards the beginning, and then, you know, kind of crescendos, the end of the offseason, another big move. The Yankees got the guy they needed to get. There's no, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. They needed to get Juan Soto. More than they needed Yamamoto, more than they, definitely more than they needed Blake Snell. More than they needed anybody on this market. And look at this for agent class. There's a reason that Bellinger's still out there. There's a reason that Snell is still out there. There's a reason that a lot of guys are still out there and that they're not, you know, that the market's been slow. And it's because teams don't evaluate these players at the price point that their agents are putting them at. And you can't tell a team to go past what they're willing to pay for a player or to change their evaluation of a player just to do something, right? Making reactionary moves, doing things because other teams have done something since you've made your big move doesn't make much sense. The New York Yankees made the Juan Soto trade before anybody really did anything. That has, like, what do you, like, how are we going to blame Brian Cashman for it? If they didn't do it fast, who knows what would have happened? When the Blue Jays missed out on Otani, would they have swooped in and tried to get Soto? You couldn't have taken that risk. You had to go out and get somebody and then figure it out after, right? This The Yankees were aggressive with Soto. They knew that was their guy. They knew they couldn't miss on Juan Soto, and they went and they got the deal done. In terms of starting pitching, yeah, it's a bit shaky. I'm not going to lie. Adding Marcus Stroman helps you, but you still have question marks about that rotation. But as you mentioned, too, with Blake Snell... Are you going to give Blake Snell $200 million? Some people can say yes, but some people can say no. But if it's not a unanimous, yeah, I'm willing to pay him $200 million, then you've got to hold off on that, right? And on top of that, as you know, the Yankees already have a really high payroll. The Yankees already have a lot of long-term financial commitments. And their second-best player, the guy we, I just spent the last few minutes talking about, Juan Soto, is an impending free agent next year. You have to understand that acquiring Juan Soto and paying him means not paying for Blake Snell and not paying for, you know, a Josh Hader and not paying for, uh, you know, a Jordan Montgomery. That's what that means, right? 
And if you're upset that you, the Yankees ended up going with Juan Soto and not getting a bunch of, and, and I hate to be disrespectful here, a bunch of good but not great players, you know, like I think Josh Hader is going to be a Hall of Famer because he's one of the greatest closers we've ever seen, but is Blake Snell going to the Hall of Fame? Is Sean Montgomery going to the Hall of Fame? You know, Juan Soto is a Hall of Famer and he's 25 years old. There, there's, if you think a collection of talent that could backfire on you is better than getting Juan Soto, I don't know what to tell you. And end of the day, the Yankees were feeling, the Yankees have consistently felt good about their team. And I think the Yankees weren't going to go out and just throw out like four or five guys in their lineup. They can't just d decide, all right, we're going to get a new first baseman, a new DH, a new third baseman. Uh, we're going to go get a shortstop. Like you can't just, I mean, not only do those options not really exist in the market, it's not like there was an elite first baseman waiting for the Yankees to just go out and get them. It's not like there's, you know, an unbelievably great, undeniably great third baseman with the New York Yankees you need know, to go out and get Matt Chapman's a good player I think he's a good player but I'm gonna say this right now Alex not everybody in this comment section thinks he's a good player so that's really like it, it is what it is right like you could say oh well Cody Bellinger why don't they go out and get Cody Bellinger well look at the two years before this one look at the underlying metrics there's a reason why no team is giving him 200 million dollars why haven't the Cubs swooped in and given him 200 million dollars I mean he was there last year they have the most familiarity with him they have the most time spent with him in the last year and they're still like yeah no we're good well we're, like it's not like the Cubs are highly interested in him they might make an offer to him because his market might fall but they weren't willing to bid with the top guys and nobody's willing to bid with the top guys for for Cody Bellinger there is no top bidder for him in terms of Blake Snell the only offer on the table was a 150 million dollar uh, contract from the New York Yankees and he rejected it look if he ends up looking for a one-year deal I'm sure the Yankees will be interested but you know who else is going to be interested all 29 teams in Major League Baseball I I know I understand look we're looking at it from the Yankees perspective we're saying what can the Yankees do to get better what can the Yankees you know opportunities can open up for them but whatever opportunities can open up for the Yankees will open up for other teams if Blake Snell wanted a one-year deal the Philadelphia Phillies are jumping in that maybe the Boston Red Sox are jumping in that maybe the Toronto Blue Jays are jumping in that hell I mean I'm not I, I know they're probably done but Who's to say the Dodgers aren't going to jump in that? Maybe the Astros, maybe the Rangers, whatever it may be. There's so many teams that would jump in on that. So this idea that the Yankees are like not trying enough to get Blake Snell or that they're not doing enough to get better, they've acquired a plethora of talent. They're projected to win the AL East this year. I know projections aren't everything and they don't guarantee outcomes, but you'd like to be favored to win your own division. If every, you know, preseason projection metric believes you're going to be the best team in the AL East, you position yourself in a good spot. And then of course the deadline, right? Corbin Burns is still on the Brewers. Shane Bieber is still on the Guardians, right? At the deadline, I'll see what becomes available. And then you go get better, right? The 2022 Yankees look like world beaters and their deadline wasn't good enough, right? They, uh, yeah, they tried and they got good players or what I believe to be good players, but none of them panned out and the Yankees flamed out in the postseason. Let's say they had landed a Luis Castillo. Let's say they landed a Jock Peterson. Or let's say they landed somebody who was going to help their lineup. Or maybe Ben Attendee doesn't get hurt. Maybe we're talking about a 2022 World Series winning Yankees team, right? Like who knows? But my point more so is this team is good on paper right now. And what they do at the deadline is going to define them more in October than what they do in January. Absolutely. I think I think you touched on the points that I really wanted to hit on. And, and ultimately, I think the Yankees overspending now on players is not a recipe for long term success, especially if you want to go out and get Juan Soto next year and, and give him a big extension and obviously uh, maybe bring in some more pitching talent. So, you know, this is what I'll say to the Blake Snell and Hector Neris, you know, kind of narrative that people are like, we need to go get these guys. Do you want to be staring at Hector Neris regressing because last year was his best season, hadn't had a sub-3 ERA since 2019, I believe? Do you want to go down that road? 
just to be paying him more than $7 million per season to for him not to be that good, I, I think that's something to consider. He's going to be 35 years old this upcoming season. Like, that's, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of money on that. I, I don't think it's, it's it's not the end-all, be-all of the Yankees. If they sign Hector Neris to a two-year $20 million deal or $18 million deal, I think that's water under the bridge at the end of the day. Like, if they can afford it, it's not going to be like, oh, that, that's holding us back from signing Juan Soto. That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I just feel like um, the player himself could regress to a point where it's not worth it. And I think the Yankees are a little bit cautious of that. Same time with Blake Snell, 31 years old. And end of the day, you know, you're looking at a player that has only pitched over 180 innings or 180 innings um, twice in his career. And he hadn't pitched over 130 innings since this past season. And like, and since like what, four or five years ago, um, you know, we talk about Marcus Stroman not pitching over 140 innings over the last two years. Well, like, the 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 career average of Blake Snell is also below that. So it's like, you know, you have to consider these other variables. One great season does not warrant top-flight money because you're buying into that problematic, like, uh, the variables that go against you. Like, we with Carlos Rodon, two years of good play, gets injured again, and then he, he basically is a, a non-factor for us last season. Look, I'll say this. Last year, what is the first problem that comes to your mind? The lack of offense. The Yankees addressed that with Juan Soto, who is a one of the top five best hitters in the game, instantly takes you to another level, and Alex Verdugo, who is significantly better than Isaiah Connor-Falefa or Aaron Hicks for us or Oswaldo Cabrera. He is a, he is a career slightly above average hitter, too, with more upside, in my opinion, especially with the, with the short right portion in Yankee Stadium. I think that he could be a good player for us, better than what we've had. That's adding two above average, one monstrously above average player to the offense. And that's not to mention the potential growth of Anthony Volpe, DJ LeMahieu finding his groove late in the season, Austin Wells, who could provide average hitting at the at the catcher position, which is like something that we haven't seen in years. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're Anthony Rizzo is going to be 100% healthy. Stanton can't possibly be any worse than he was last year. The offense is going to get significantly better. And I think that we need to keep our eye on that prize. And if Carlos Rodon had a good season last year, we wouldn't be talking like this about the starting rotation. We'd be like, okay, we have a two elite pitchers. We know Nestor Cortez can be an all-star. Clark Schmidt's going to be getting better. Marcus Stroman's consistently good. Um, you know, we wouldn't be having the same fear right now, but we are. And in that regard, I think we what we do is this. We don't rush into any signings. We don't rush into any acquisitions. Like you said, the best path forward is being patient, cautious, saving your ammo, right? Keep your ammo. Um, your prospects, your money, and you wait until the trade deadline and you say, okay, and, and guys, this is the most paramount variable of all. This is the most important thing to note. What is the most important thing about, and the most valuable thing about acquiring someone at the summer trade deadline? Ryan, you probably know, you can guarantee they're healthy at that time. Okay, the Yankees, if they're going to be making a push for the postseason, need healthy players. If they go get Shane Bieber and he gets hurt, that deal is makes you know now looks like a huge mistake. If you go get Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease and they get hurt, that deal looks like a huge mistake. Same thing with Lazardo, and he has injury history. The Yankees are better off waiting until the summer, waiting for to make sure that a guy is healthy, and then acquiring them so they know probability of them pitching the postseason at a high level is much greater than if they get injured early on making a move right now. You know what do you think about that concept? Yeah, so the first thing I want to point out for a lot of people is that, as you mentioned, there are legitimate concerns with a lot of the guys remaining in free agency. And as you mentioned, if you wait to make your addition at the deadline or your second starting pitching addition at the deadline, number one, you can acquire a, a larger pool of players or a different pool of players. Again, I'm not saying you're guaranteed to have Corbin Burns available, but I mean, even the prospect of getting Corbin Burns, I mean, imagine what that does for this rotation. 
No disrespect to Blake Snell. No disrespect to Jordan Montgomery. But when I look at adding Corbin Burns, I look and say, I have just added Garrett Cole's equal. When I look at Blake Snell, when I look at Jordan Montgomery, I say, good pitchers, but clearly a tick or two below a guy like Garrett Cole. You know what I mean? I know they're coming off great years, but Garrett Cole's great year in and year out. There's a Here's the difference between great players and good players. Great players have great years every year. Good players have some good years, some great years, some not so great years. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference, right? What makes Aaron Judge great is every single year is putting up a 150 WRC+. Plus. What makes Garrett Cole great is every year is giving you 30 starts and 30-something uh, starts, not just 30, probably like 32, 33, and pitching to like a 3 ERA, right? Like, that's great. That's what greatness is, you know? And, and you pay a premium for greatness. $200 million is a premium. I'm not paying a premium for goodness. I'm paying a premium for greatness. The reason the Yankees traded so much for Juan Soto is because he is a great player. Never had an OBP below 400 in his major league career. And by the way, this year's his age 25 season. That's greatness. Like I know Michael King said that the Padres won the deal. And look, on paper, the Padres probably got more value out of this deal than the Yankees will because the Yankees only have one year of Juan Soto and an extension wouldn't count towards that one year. But I'm just going to say this right now, the chance to woo over Juan Soto to play for your team for the rest of his career is worth more than anything the Yankees gave up. I don't care what the players in San Diego become. I don't care because those are good players, not great players. And the Yankees have lacked great players around Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole for a while. I'm not going to keep throwing money at good players just to make people happy. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. That's how you end up signing a guy like, you know, when you sign Carlos Rodon, was it, did I like the addition? Absolutely. I love the addition. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and walk back what I said back then about wanting Carlos Rodon, but that's an example of a good player, not a great player. You know what I mean? Good players have years like that. Great players don't have years like that. There's just a fundamental difference here. You know what I mean? I, and I know there are some exceptions, right? There are some players who are hollow, very good, who are just consistently really good every year in their career. I think a guy like Brett Gardner, big example. He was always consistently a solid player. He was never outright terrible until his last year. And then look, a guy like Adrian Beltre had years where he was just not that good, right? And he's a great player. But I'm just saying, in general, if I'm paying a guy six, seven years, if I'm paying or if I'm trading top caliber prospects or just anything that requires me to make a massive investment that changes and honestly ruins my ability to go out and get other players, it needs to be for a great, great player. I'm not throwing away a chance to bring back Juan Soto long term just to sign Blake Snell because we know how this is going to go. You sign Blake Snell, he's not doing too well, so you need to go out and get another starter and you pay that starter and the Yankees are like, well, now we can't really pay Juan Soto and oh, well, it doesn't really matter because we got that one year out of him and we knew it was going to happen and that depressing press conference where there's no Juan Soto and he's a New York Met or something like that and we're just sitting here and we're angry and we're upset and we're like, why didn't the Yankees do this, this and that instead? I know what the Yankees are trying to do here. They're trying to wait to the deadline and reassess and say, how good are we? What are our exact needs? And people are saying starting pitching, there is a real chance that third base is a problem. There's a real chance that like first base is a problem. There's a real chance DH is a problem. The Yankees could have a lot of problems open up for them in the next four or five months. Right now is it the ch isn't the time to blow everything away and try to get a guy that the Yankees just don't, they gave him $150 million before pivoting elsewhere. They clearly don't think Blake Snell's a $200 million pitcher. Throw the idea away, guys. If they don't think he's a $200 million pitcher and he's looking for $200 million, they're not going to get him. Now, if he wants one year, if he wants two years, maybe the Yankees get him. And maybe that makes sense or whatever. But again, like if he wants one or two years, everybody else is going to want him. I, I just, I, I guess to summarize my point here, 
if we're going to ask the Yankees to do something dumb because it, we want to feel something, we're not. At, we're asking the Yankees to operate based on emotion. This is a business. You cannot. This. It's not personal. You can't rely on emotions. You've got to rely on what your people are telling you, what the data tells you, what the market's telling you, and the market, the data, the people in the organization, and people in other organizations are saying, do not give Blake Snell six years. Do not give Cody Bellinger six or seven years. Do not give this guy six or seven years. That's what they're saying, and that's what the Yankees are doing right now. So. If you want the Yankees to act all emotional, if you guys want to pretend that getting Juan Soto isn't a good offseason, go right ahead. Go be a fan the way you want to be a fan. I have no judgment. I'll understand all that. But don't be upset when you don't get what you want. It is what, like if you have unrealistic expectations for the team and you have unrealistic expectations for agency and you're never going to be satisfied, you know, it is what it is, right? Like that, it is what it is. Yeah, and look, from from a perspective of, like, if, if you want to go in the comments right now and be like, oh, you guys, like, sucking off Cashman and whatnot, we're not, guys. I mean, if, you, if you've listened to us long enough, we have torn Cashman apart more times than I can count for decisions made last season specifically. Um, but with that being said, I do think this team is a lot better right now. I think Juan Soto makes you a lot better. And I think going to this offseason, Ryan, we both said it. If we could land either Yamamoto or Juan Soto, we would be happy. And... I'm happy because we did. We landed one of the best offensive pieces in the game. Do I still think we need a, a big-time rotation arm? Yes, unless Carlos Rodon bounces back in a big way. I think we'll be a little bit more secure there. But I do think we still we, we remain patient. We do agree that there probably needs to be another piece, but doesn't have to be right now. Can be at the deadline when the price comes down. And you can guarantee their health. A lot of teams do that to reinforce their team ahead of the postseason, um, add that one missing link. So um, I think that that's in the best interest of the Yankees. I don't think we should be really upset about them not making any big moves right now. I know it's boring. I know we want all the news. Believe us, we want it too. Uh, but I think that what they're doing right now is remaining cautious, not spending egregiously, and obviously not putting themselves in a position where three years down the line, we're complaining about bad contracts because we inked you know, Snell to a 200 plus million deal in six years and he's now a bullpen arm because he can't pitch more than four innings. You know what I mean? Like, that's my concern. I think that's very realistic. So um, I would love to hear your perspectives down below. You know, if you have your qualms, if you have your counters and objections, always happy to have a good conversation. As always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.